we highly recommend it is is doing a yearly performance evaluation. Um, and, and that's like going to the dentist um, when you don't have anything wrong with your teeth. You're just getting a checkup. That Triathlon Show 114. Hey, what's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and on today's episode, I talk with Nate Koch from Endurance Rehab about injury prevention and recovery. Nate is a very experienced physical therapist, and in particular, he knows triathlon and endurance sports inside and out. He is the one who wrote the two chapters on injury prevention and recovery in the book Triathlon Science that I keep referencing time and time again here on this podcast. And a lot of the authors of uh, the different chapters in that book have actually been guests on this show already. And I I keep ticking them off, it seems. Uh, Nate founded Endurance Rehab in Arizona back in 2003. And uh, the clinic have been nationally recognized for their work with everyday recreational athletes, as well as professional cyclists, triathletes, and uh, all sorts of uh, other athletes as well, uh, many, many times since. And uh, Nate is uh, he's a contributor to magazines like Lava Magazine and Triathlete Magazine, and also works as a consultant for the Trek Segafredo professional cycling team. Before we go into the interview, this episode is sponsored by Precision Hydration. Andy Blow, who is the founder, recently wrote a great blog post on whether your hydration strategy needs to change as you get older. And I'll link to that blog post in the episode description and in the show notes. But in a nutshell, there are three factors that uh, suggest that older athletes, they need to be a bit more diligent with hydration. The margins of, for error are reduced and uh, your risk of dehydration increases because you have less water on board to start with and you tend to lose more water through your urine. And also your sensation of thirst is actually diminished Uh, when you age so uh, again all of these contribute to a greater risk of dehydration and all that triathlon show listeners can of course as usual get their first box or tube of precision hydration electrolyte product for free on precisionhydration.com when you use the discount code that triathlon show all one word all caps this episode is also sponsored by Triathlon Corner, the triathlon webshop that you can find on triathlon-corner.store. Whether you're looking for running shoes, power meters, bike computers, a new wetsuit, anything that you want in terms of gear, apparel, equipment, they have it in their webshop. And you can get it for 10% off when you use the discount code that triathlon show, all one word, all caps. Again, that's triathlon-corner.store. And if you're in Helsinki, they have their indoor bike studio, their brick and mortar store as well. Uh, so check those out. And uh, if you ask, I'm sure that that discount code will apply in the brick and mortar store as well. All right, so let's go right ahead and meet Nate Koch from Endurance Rehab. Today's guest on That Triathlon Show is Nate Koch from Endurance Rehab. Nate, welcome to the show. 
I'm doing great. How are you doing? Yeah, so as I just mentioned in our pre-interview chat, I'm sitting here with a bag of ice on my knee, still rehabbing that frustrating injury. And uh, I guess that's a good segue to uh, getting into it and start by discussing what are the most common injuries that uh, the triathletes tend to get. Well, first off, we we typically see uh, a lot of knee pain, like what you're experiencing. Um, that's one of the more common things we'll see. It can be related to patellofemoral pain uh, or patellofemoral tracking uh, issue, which can be kind of pain around the kneecap. It could be a more lateral pain, pain on the outside of the knee, which uh, typically is an IT band syndrome. And in worst case scenarios, sometimes um, we'll get kind of an overuse or degenerative uh, cartilage tear in the knee. Um, that's a little less common, happens more a bit in uh, the... Uh, the 40 plus age group. And then of course, we also, as we move down, we will have some plantar fasciitis is pretty common, Achilles tendonitis or tendinopathy, low back pain, sciatica, hip impingement. Um, those are all kind of the, probably the top um, uh, injuries that afflict the uh, triathletes. And uh, we should obviously try to do some sort of injury prevention. Do you know, by the way, off the top of your head, uh, some sort of statistics on how many triathletes get uh, get injured percentage-wise? Um, you know, I don't have the the, the most recent uh, epidemiological study in front of me. With they do have some studies that will tell you the exact percentages, but um, I, I, every injury is is a little bit different. Um, it's probably about around 20%. Um, but I would say most triathletes at, will have an injury at some point in their career. And that's 20% uh, of triathletes will get injured in, in a year. year. In one year, yes. So that doesn't mean you in particular. If you're a triathlete that's going to um, compete, let's say, over a career of you know five to ten years, it's pretty much guaranteed you're going to have an injury at some, some point in that career um that's yeah and that's that's relatively common um and that's honestly that's keeps us guys like me really busy um the the ways you can prevent that the first thing that we will we do this for some of the coaches now and uh, we highly recommend it is is doing a yearly performance evaluation um and, and that's like going to the dentist um when you don't have anything wrong with your teeth you're just getting a checkup it's very similar to that, uh, or similar to taking your car in when there's nothing wrong, getting it checked. And doing a full body assessment, you know, going through flexibility, mobility, strength, you know, going, going through your injury history, um, and trying to find things that might kind of crop up or be present as a problem as you increase your training and your uh, intensity and your volume. Um, and that's the best injury prevention um, Thing that you can do outside of that then of course there's you know doing uh, addressing some of the issues that you find so whether that's some people that's more related to mobility lack of mobility um, or excessive mobility um, in other cases it's more related to weakness um, or a posture like someone that maybe sits all day for their work and then they they decide to train at the end of the day and do a high intensity workout after sitting at a, at a computer for eight hours a day. So there's, there are a number of factors that go into it. It's, it can be quite different um, between individuals. 
When you mentioned strength, flexibility, and mobility there, do you see that some or one of them is uh, the most uh, commonly lacking uh, in the triathletes, or are they fairly evenly distributed? I would say, if I had to say one, it really honestly depends. It's very individual between people. But if I had to, you know, be pinned down to one thing, I would say it's related to would be a weakness, uh, multiplanar weakness. So meaning um, for swimming, for cycling, for running, we tend to work in one plane of motion, called a sagittal plane of motion, you know, and we don't work in doing anything lateral or rotational. So missing those uh, movements, those types of um, strength training, um, it tends to be pretty weak in, in triathletes. And so that would, if I had to say one thing to work on, it would be multiplanar, multidirectional, strengthening so would that be something like your your dynamic core exercises where you work the different sides uh, differently like your birds and the dogs and uh, the entire zoo <laughs> i do a, do a poor job explaining what i mean but uh, i hope that you get what i'm saying yeah yeah anything any movement that has some resistance where you're moving laterally or you're rotating um a, you know a russian twist on a on a medicine ball um, something like that, sidesteps, monster walks, those type of things. I mean, in the wintertime, this time of year, um, Nordic skiing, skate skiing is a great um, way to cross-train if you have snow wherever you live. That's a great cross-training uh, exercise that can build different muscles um, and it'll help your, uh, certainly help your uh, triathlon training. Mm, brilliant. So let's hope that by now most listeners are convinced that they need to go and get that individual checkup. But in addition to that, are there some, uh, some uh, I guess, injury prevention methods that uh, any triathlete usually would benefit from doing and from adding to, to their program? Yes. Um, I mean, for sure, the first thing is a, is a proper warm-up Um and so, you know, one thing that we'll instruct our triathletes on, cyclist runners, as well as a proper warm up, which would include dynamic uh, mobility exercises. So, or movement prep, some people call it. So, it's 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 stretching with movement. It's not holding the stretch. It's trying to prepare the body for the workout. It's most important. Before can you give three or four examples, maybe, of uh, of those movements, and then people can just go and look them up on YouTube to get some idea of what we're talking about here. Sure. Um, so you could you, know, you could do some to start off with, like we call laying on your back, maybe a leg crossover where you're crossing one leg over your body and reaching as high as you can, and then going to the opposite side and repeating back and forth, not holding a stretch but loosening low back and hamstrings. The next thing you can move into is maybe just even, even skipping or high knees or hip openers or walking lunges, those type of movements to prepare your, your legs, your, in your joints and your muscles and tendons for whatever movement you're going to do. And it, it's really critical before you do uh, a more intense workout. If you're going to hit the track and do a track workout, um, it, it would be even more critical to have a proper warm up. And then just as critical as a, is a, is a cool down, you know, and, and doing some passive stretching or static stretching where you're holding the stretches a bit more, um, where you're re-lengthening those muscles in, in cycling. That's pretty critical after being in one position, a flexed position like that for long periods of time, it's important to do the opposite movements to open up the hips, open up your spine, um, 
and even becomes more important if you're if you're at a job sitting all day. So you're sitting all day, and then you do a long bike workout. You're in a, you're sitting a lot in a lot of flexion, contracted position, postural position that you need to open things up a little bit. Um, so so those are pretty important. The proper warm up, proper cool down, and of course rest is important, just as important. Sleep is important. Um, uh, and there's more and more studies coming out that sleep could be potentially the most important thing for recovery and injury prevention. Yeah, sleep's very interesting. We we had an episode on that in back in episode 52, so listeners can go and have a look at that. And yeah, totally agree that that's uh, super important uh, for injury prevention. Before we move on to recovering from injury, is there anything else that we should mention on the injury prevention side of thing? Any modalities or other things that listeners uh, should hear that they might benefit from for injury prevention? Yeah, um, well, there's there's always the debate on there's frequent debate on massage um, versus uh, Norma, like a Normatec type compression boots, um, compression socks and uh, ice baths, the, the research is hit and miss on all those. There's, the research is not consistent on any of those for recovery. Um, but I would, we coach our athletes on you know what, what feels good, what you think helps you recover better. You should definitely try those things um, because in some athletes, uh, a compression boot or a compression sock feels great and helps them recover and others it does nothing. And so since the science doesn't give us a you know, for sure, 100%, um, this will definitely help you recover, then it's worth experimenting a little bit, paying close attention to how your body feels in the previous, in the, in the workouts after your recovery session. So I'm a big believer in the recovery, um, as far as, uh, compression boots and compression socks uh, for recovery. Um, in addition to the, either a massage or, uh, we use in our clinic, it, these these tools called ASTEM tools. It's a it's a method of breaking up adhesions that that may eventually cause injuries. So so that's another thing that we'll do to help uh, prevent injury. Perfect. So let's move on to recovering from injury. If you are unlucky and you do get injured, what what are the things that you should do? How do you go about that recovery process? Well, the first step after you get hurt is is not waiting too long to get in to see someone. Um, that's that's the first step. Um, a lot of athletes will try to work around it, look up stuff on Google or internet, which is quite normal. Um, but waiting to get in just delays your time to recovery. And so getting in means, what I mean by that is getting in with a, a physiotherapist or a physician that understands your sport, um, that will obviously listen to you and what your training is like, um, and get an assessment, a proper assessment of what is happening, not only the injury itself. So the symptoms that you're having, but also the cause is really critical. There's a lot of different ways to treat the symptoms, but understanding the cause is the, the most important, um, in, in the comeback to your sport. So this, I feel, is a really important question. Who should you actually go and see? Is it your physiotherapist, your physician, your chiropractor, a massage therapist? And does the answer depend on your injury and your situation overall? 
Um, well, I'm, I'm certainly biased as a physio, um, you know, but the, the most important thing um, is, is someone that has a, a good experience uh, in the sport, in, in cycling, running, triathlon, um, understanding the biomechanics of the movements. So that's the most important. And that could be a chiropractor, that could be a physio, that could be a, uh, an MD that understands that. But any one of those three um, and getting a proper diagnosis is important. And the, the diagnosis doesn't it may mean, for instance, in your case, um, you may have a patellofemoral syndrome. Um, that's that's fine. That's your diagnosis. But then why do, why do you have that? And then the, so the next phase of that is the biomechanical assessment and, and taking a good history with you. Um, and so that that requires experience in working with athletes to take a proper history and to understand the mechanics of the sport. And, you know, in our case, we, we will um, do video, we'll do um, pressure analysis uh, for running. We may, may we work with um, a couple different bike fitters on, and, and take a look at the person or the athlete on the bike. We can see what's happening um, in order so we can figure out the, the real cause of the pain of the injury so we can fix it. And we don't just treat symptoms and then see you again in three months with the same injury again. So um, when you're looking for someone to go to see, you know, it's best to, to ask around, ask the clubs, ask um, who does everybody go to? Usually there is, in most areas, there's kind of a go-to guy or a gal that works with the triathlon clubs, cycling teams, um, in, in most communities, there, there tends to be kind of a go-to um, clinic um, or person. And, and, and then go check out the facility. What does it look like? Does it look like a facility that treats athletes? Um, and then once you see them, certainly you don't have to, um, you don't have, you're not fully committed to that facility. If you don't, if it doesn't feel write to you if you feel rushed, if you feel you're not, they're not listening, if you feel like they're not taking, they don't understand your sport, then try somewhere else. Um, but it's, it's most important that you get to a place that will listen and understand, has a good understanding of your sport. I'm tot totally agreeing with you about that. Uh, the expert having, having the sport back, specific background or knowing how to treat athletes in your sport or in endurance sports being the most important thing and not, not the title. And, and just to share a bit of my history with, uh, with my injury when, because it's, uh, I got it for the first time three years ago. And then I saw two physios and wasn't happy with either one of them really. And then an orthopedist, so an MD and then a third physio and that third physio was the first one that really inspired confidence in me that yeah she knew what, what she was doing so i kept seeing her and, and we eventually got me back to health and now i'm in that was in back in helsinki now i'm in lisbon so now currently my support team consists of a chiropractor and a massage therapist so but i'm, I'm very positive about it and uh and uh, so now i don't have a physio so it's it's not uh, i'm it, it, the title is more is less relevant, uh, I would say, than as you said, having that experience in treating athletes and and that that person inspires confidence in you that they can can take care of you. Yes, I agree. So uh, when 
you have had your you you find your support team uh, they will obviously set you up with a plan but what are some just some general tips for uh for recovering from injury some basic knowledge that everybody should uh, should know well usually you know obviously depends on certainly there's a dependent upon your injury and, and on the individual but in general you know there's a there's always a process of of healing and so listening to the your your clinician is really important because the healing process varies between what tissue is injured whether that's tendon or joint or muscle um, and so respecting that healing process is really important um, so so listening to the clinician on what the treatment is and how much time you need to take off and some injuries you have to take time totally time off um, in other injuries, you're able to work around them and, and continue some light training. Um, the nice thing about triathlon is that you can usually um, focus on one of the other of the three disciplines um, while you're recovering. And, and in other sports, that's not always the case. So that's the be- one of the beauties of triathlon is that you can usually have the, one of the three you can typically do at least while you're injured. As you respect that healing process, and, and you're getting treatment that your clinician should slowly get you back into uh, your normal training program. And if you have a coach, it's really important that that clinician works with the coach and they're willing to work together in developing that return to sport plan. If you don't have a coach then the clinician, it's the clinician's job then to communicate with you on a return to um, return to sport plan. And that should be a gradual plan uh, with the injury in mind and in in my, what I say by that it, what I mean by that is how much you're loading that that joint or that tendon or that muscle and that load should be gradual and and increased over time and then also should mimic the demands of the sport so in some case you know, if, if you're running of course um, and you have a patellar tendon injury we have to get that tendon able to be able to load again properly under high force. So that means at some stage in your program, you're going to be doing some plyometric training, some little bit of jumping training um, to get it prepared and ready and strong for your for running. And, and that's important so that you don't come back in again for the same injury. But that's it. That's gradual um, over time. Yeah. Can, can you give, give an example of uh, how different injuries may require different, uh, well, or sorry, how different injuries you might be able to train through and some you need complete rest of? What, what are some of those kinds of injuries? Sure. <clears throat> so one example um, um, that you can train through is plantar fasciitis. I mean, it, it is is a pretty common injury, but it's not, there's no you can't really do a lot more damage by training. Um, it may not heal as fast <clears throat> as we're doing the treatment. It may not heal as fast, but you can continue to train through through that. An injury that you can't train through would be a stress fracture. Um, a stress fracture for running, you cannot train through. I mean, certainly you could continue to ride the bike. Um, you could swim, but you can't run. Uh, in some cases, there are some athletes that maybe have a, a hip impingement um, and when it's pretty acute and painful, um, you can't run or ride a bike. You'd be limited just to just to swimming um, until the impingement improves. Um, so those are uh, just a few examples. 
And what are some examples of timelines for getting back to uh, for the gradual building up of your training when you return from injury? What what does it depend on? And if you can give a few examples again, as that's going to be very individual. Yeah, well, the, the, one of the more more important thing is 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 listening to your body and, and not having pain. So as you progress in your rehab, the the strengthening program and loading program. Um, as you're progressing through that, if you have pain, you're, you're certainly not ready to return. And that's one of the major guidelines is, is pain with loading or pain with activity that mimics your sport. Um, the second part of that is w- when we find um, certain limitations, let's say um, r- r- hip impingement again, right side versus the left side, we see that the right hip is restricted by 20 degrees, um, 20, 30 degrees of hip flexion or internal rotation of hip mobility. Um, we want that hip to move like the other hip does. And so that we may hold you back until that both are moving the same to the same degree. Um, that's important so that we don't send you back and then you start having symptoms again right away. So that might be more uh, specific yeah. example. Um, what, what about uh, let's move shift gears a little bit here because you uh, do a lot of work on uh, core training as well so if you can give some general advice uh, wh- related to core training for for triathletes what would that be um i we we look at it in a, a couple different ways so one is the first way is uh, prevention and prevention core strengthening is what we discussed a bit earlier, which is multi-planar, um, doing strengthening exercises that require core strengthening exercises that require you to rotate or move laterally. Um, for example, um, the Russian twist on the ball, shoulders are on the, on the ball, feet are on the ground, and you're twisting your upper body left and right. Um, that would be a rotation exercise. A lateral exercise might be sidestep or monster walk with a band at your your ankles and you're walking sideways and then engaging your gluteus medius your lateral hip muscles um and that would be more those are examples of maybe some multi-planar prevention exercises and then the second piece of it is more specific to performance and specific to um the sports demand on the prime movers of the sport so example would be um, just your calf, your gastroc, uh, and your soleus, which ties into your Achilles. So strengthening the Achilles and the gastroc soleus muscle uh, eccentrically, the way that muscle works when you're running um, can provide a level of injury prevention, but also can assist with some injury performance. I mean, sorry, uh, sports performance as well. Um, And you can do that while engaging your core certainly at the same time. And when we meant, say core, we don't mean uh, abdominals. Um, w- that's not the only part, uh, only muscles that make up your core. It means your back, your scapular muscles. It means your glutes, your hip muscles. All that is your core. And and that is it has to be strong to help stabilize in, for instance, running and cycling your lower extremities. Um, so anything that we do, we're trying to either prevent injury in the multiplanar, or we're trying to improve performance or improve the strength of the prime movers, the muscles that create all the, the force and work um, by strengthening them specifically. Do you have a recommendation for any 
resource on core training if people want to for example find some some program or read more about it is there a book or any anything that you would recommend um well i i'm i'm a big fan of joe friel um and and he had just um re um has come out again with the triathletes training bible um and i think there's some really good stuff in there um and that gives um can give the triathletes some good basic ideas of uh of strengthening for the sport um so that would be the probably the first reference i can think of um if you're just looking to to get started with something um that would be a good source yeah good one uh, let's uh take a few like quick questions like your uh two sentence answers or so on on a few different modalities and we've touched on a few of them already but a few of them not so much so just very quickly on each of them what what are your thoughts on stretching including static and dynamic stretching um there's a place for both both are important um dynamic before activity static after activity um and we, we all as we get older we all need a lot more of both what about foam rolling? Uh, it's important for recovery, for sure. Um, and and done done correctly, um, it can help prevent injury and also help you um, get the most out of your workouts. And massages? Um, same as the foam rolling. It's just more expensive and it requires an, uh, an appointment. So foam rolling is a bit easier, but um, massage would do the exact same thing as foam rolling. And uh, acupuncture? I, you know, I'm not a, certainly not an expert in acupuncture at all, but we do dry needling in our physiotherapy clinics, and I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of the dry needling piece of that. So um, for recovery, but also to get a little bit deeper than massage or foam rolling can do. And you mentioned already Ace Team and uh, Greston, I believe, would be a similar uh, device or method, unless I'm completely sure. mistaken. No, they're they're similar. Um, ASTEM is a, a bit more. Um, there's a bit more research around the ASTEM tools in that company than there is with Graston, but it's a similar pr principle of increasing blood flow, increasing the, the body's natural healing response. We use it in a prevention way to look for potential injuries that could crop up. So we have some triathletes and professional cyclists that use it purely for prevention. Uh, much much like they would use a, a massage and uh, taping uh, kinesio taping we we use um it there is some blood flow changes although we don't really know how much really um we use it more for um injury related to help um muscles fire a bit better to take some pressure off maybe the glenohumeral joint your shoulder joint or your patellofemoral joint in your knee and uh orthotics uh, it really depends with orthotics. Uh, in cycling, it's it's really easy in cycling to say that most people are going to get a benefit out of it. There's this, probably, in, in our experience, a 99% success rate in cycling with orthotics um, because the shoes don't provide a lot of support. In running, it's very dependent, um, and we're very cautious in, in using them. We probably use, in runners, maybe be 25 to 33% of the time we're using it with runners, but in general, we're trying to get them stronger. And if we can't get them strong enough to support their lower extremity and running, and they have these uh, foot and ankle faults that we see during the run gait analysis, then we will use them. 
That's that's very interesting. I had no idea that uh, that was going to be your answer, specifically about the cyclist success rate. So uh, let's uh, wrap up with some rapid fire questions that are more general, not related to uh, to injury prevention per se or recovery. Uh, but again, uh, take uh, just a very brief moment to answer these, starting with what's your favorite book, blog, or resource related to triathlon or your field of expertise? My, my favorite resource is, is a few guys that I rely on. I, you know, I, I know I don't know everything, so I rely on Joe Friel, uh, Jonathan Hall, Bobby McGee. Those are three guys that are really experienced um, coaches um, that have taught me a lot about um, triathlon and sport. And what's your favorite piece of gear or equipment? My favorite piece um, is my my Trek Top Fuel mountain bike, <laughs> and then the Norma, my Normatec recovery boots. And finally, what's a personal habit that's helped you achieve success? Listening and learning. Um, really listening to people, listening to athletes, listening. Um, to those guys I mentioned before, Joe Frio and Jono and Bobby, I mean, recognizing that there are people smarter than me, um, listening to them, having good conversations with them about sport and paying attention to the research. Brilliant. So if people want to find out more about you, your website is uh, endurancerehab.com. And you're also on Twitter at Endurance Rehab and you have a Facebook page that people can probably find by just searching Endurance Rehab. Correct. Is there anything else that you, you want to mention? Where, where do you have, you can mention where you have your clinics and uh, for which people they, they might be able to, uh, to visit you locally. Sure. Yeah, we're in um, Arizona. We're in Scottsdale, Phoenix and Mesa, Arizona. We have three clinics. Um, and, um, and our website is the best way to get a hold of us, um, or on Facebook, either one. My email address is Nate, N-A-T-E, at endurancerehab.com. Happy to answer any questions and direct people in the, in the right way. Brilliant, yeah. And, and you also have uh, a lot of great articles uh, on uh, different magazines like Lava and the Triathlete magazine that people can search for. I, I read quite a few of them and uh, before when researching this interview. So those are really, really good for people who want to, to learn a bit more. Well, Nate, this has been very, very helpful. And uh, yeah, uh, I hope that uh, people can follow the injury prevention advice more than the recovery advice but uh, it's good to get both of them in here <laughs> agree especially you we especially want you to follow those advi- that advice get your knee better and then start preventing these injuries instead yeah. of dealing with them. yeah but uh i definitely i mean the same boat as you that i rely on having people that know a lot around me and having a good support team and uh realizing that uh uh, I don't know <laughs> a lot about this, so so I should trust experts. So that's why I have not one, but several that I trust around me to <laughs> help me with it. Uh, yeah, very good. But uh, that's uh, that's about it for for this interview. So yeah, thanks thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you very much. Take care. Hope that you found that interview useful. I have a few key takeaways as usual. And the first one of this is that in terms of injury prevention, doing that yearly checkup, uh, that is uh, definitely the big one that I think that a lot of people probably don't do. So make sure that you do that. 
that's something that I've done actually. So it I'm also agreeing from my own personal experience. Uh, although at this point it didn't help me, unfortunately, because I'm still injured at the moment. But uh, I definitely hope to get back soon. The other prevention, injury prevention factors that you need to be very diligent with is the warm-up, that multiplanar core training, and uh, doing some stretching, and obviously sleep that we have talked about many, many times, but uh, all of those are super important. The second point is that if you do get injured, then don't wait to find the experts, seek out the experts that can help you get back to recovery. Do it as soon as possible. So that's just it. Uh, don't try to hope that things clear up. It's better to do maybe an unnecessary appointment than to wait and hope that things go away and then they don't. Actually, go and seek out those experts. That's what they're here for. And finally, when you want to find that uh, expert to have in your support team, whether it's for prevention or for recovery, ask around to find who's the local go-to guy. Ask the endurance athletes in your community, at local clubs, etc. And you can find what the recommendations that people, who people go to, whether it's a physiotherapist, a medical doctor, a chiropractor, whatever it is, find that go-to guy and uh, that will be a good place to start at least and see if that's uh, somebody who works well with you. As usual, you can find the show notes for today's episode on thattriathlonshow.com. Remember that if you have questions or comments, you can leave them on that show notes page and I get back to you very quickly when you post those comments there. And uh, the next episode will be out on Monday as usual. And in that, we'll discuss bike maintenance and uh, care. Uh, it's with Jimmy Sears, who's one of the co-founders of Ventum, but he's one of the best bike mechanics in the world, I dare say. It's a super practical and highly useful episode that basically covers the bike maintenance and cleaning 101 that will save you a lot and lots of headache and money uh, in if you do these things. Like, do... do the little and often, just like we talked about today with the prevention stuff, you can do that for your bike as well and it will be so beneficial in the long run. And you'll learn all about it from uh, the ground up next Monday. Finally, I want to mention that if you've been wanting to take your triathlon to the next level and really get the most out of your training, you now have a great opportunity to do so because one slot just opened up for individual coaching by myself. And uh, as you know, I only coach 15 athletes at a time. To That is by design, because I really want to have the time to focus a lot, a lot, a lot on each athlete. And I know that a lot of full-time coaches, they will have at least twice that number of athletes. But uh, I've decided to minimize that. Uh, not minimize, but keep it at a low level to allow me the time to really pay all the attention that I think each athlete deserves. And one of those 15 slots is opening up since uh, one of my guys, he is working in the military and he will start training for deployment, which means he'll have to stop training for triathlon for the time being, which means that you now have the opportunity to grab that slot for yourself and you can learn more about how my coaching works on scientifictriathlon.com forward slash coaching. 
and I'll also link to that in the episode description. Or you can just send me an email to michael at scientifictriathlon.com. That's Michael with a K. And uh, we can see if coaching is right for you. We can schedule a Skype call or or a Google Hangout or whatever you want and, and talk it through and see if uh, this is a good fit for both of us. So... So again, if you are interested in coaching, be sure to reach out and and learn more. And uh, it's uh, no obligations, of course. Uh, We can discuss things through first uh, thoroughly and and you'll learn if and how it can benefit you. And I also want, of course, to take the opportunity to thank Mike, who is the athlete whose slot is opening up now. I want to thank you a lot, Mike. I know you'll be listening to this and it's been a real pleasure coaching you. And I really look forward to getting going again in the autumn when your deployment is uh, done and dusted finally let's thank our amazing sponsors that keep the show going first we have triathlon corner which is the online home of shopping the best triathlon products in the world to great prices the brands that they have include garmin stages power cafe du cyclist sip mako zone free hoka oneone and they ship worldwide. And of course, you can get 10% off your next purchase when you use the discount code that triathlon show, all one word, all caps on triathlon corner.store. And thank you to Precision Hydration for sponsoring this episode. Remember that if you want to get your electrolyte strategy tailored for you specifically and your sweat rate and sweat sodium content, you should go ahead and take their free online sweat test on precisionhydration.com and that will give you the exact strategy that you should use in your training and racing. And of course, as you go ahead and uh, purchase any electrolyte products, you will get the first one for free when you use the code TETRIATHLON SHOW, all one word, all caps. All right, thank you as always for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.